This teaser episode for a Patreon-exclusive podcast is brought to you by me and the Tales by Cole Patreon page. For Patreon members generous enough to donate $5 or more, they get access to a Patreon-exclusive podcast called 911 Calls with Cole that releases multiple episodes a week. If you'd like to become a patron and gain access to all of 911 Calls with Cole episodes, as well as future episodes, please head on over to patreon.com slash Thank you, and enjoy the episode. 911. 911. 911. Address of your emergency. Where is your emergency? Where is your emergency? Hey, creeps. Welcome to 911 Calls with Cole. Each episode, we will listen to a 911 call and explore the crimes and stories surrounding them. Now, before we get started, check the front door. Is it locked? Okay, good. Now you can relax and sit back as I tell you about the Greenwood Massacre. Greenwood, South Carolina was a rural town with roughly 20,000 townsfolk. It was one of a thousand towns built by industry, built by corporation. It was the kind of town that blue-collar workers and middle management attended backyard barbecues with one another. The kind of town where all the citizens would get out and celebrate by having a parade. Specifically, the Festival of Flowers in commemoration of the George W. Park Seed Company, cheering as their corporately sponsored floats slowly passed by. On October 29, 2013, 51-year-old Richard Fields and his wife, 49-year-old Melissa Fields, returned to their Greenwood home from work sometime between 4 and 6 p.m. Richard and Melissa Fields probably took off their shoes, inhaled the still nature of their home and threw their keys into a dish, or hung them up on a hook, and doing so, feeling the tension of the day leave as the weight of the keys no longer gently tugged at their fingers. But not all was how they had left it that morning. A man named Brian Sweat had broken into their home and had stayed hidden, waiting for the pair to arrive. They wouldn't have had time to sit down or cook an after-work meal for themselves because Brian was laying anxiously in wait. He'd been in their home before. In fact, he'd been inside their home many times and he knew where they worked and when they'd be home. And that's probably because Brian was the father of Chandra's daughter. And Chandra, in turn, was Richard and Melissa's daughter. Although the details can't be entirely known, at some point shortly after Richard and Melissa arrived home, Brian burst forth pointing a gun at the couple and bound them with duct tape. Brian didn't stop with Richard and Melissa. After all, this wasn't really even about them. His fury had built and burnt his heart and soul, and that fury was aimed specifically at Chandra, his baby mama. Brian Sweat and Chandra Fields were in the midst of a custody battle over their seven-month-old daughter. Police had been called out to their home several times on domestic disputes, and county court records show a civil case involving Chandra as the plaintiff and Brian as the defendant. These domestic disputes weren't the first time Brian Sweat had been in court either. In fact, Brian had quite the criminal record, which listed larceny, theft, 
forgery, assault and battery of a high and aggravated nature, and probation violations. And at the time of the break-in, Brian was facing a burglary charge that could have seen him put away for 30 years. And Brian was currently out on bail. But despite the criminal record, Greenwood Sheriff Davis said that there was nothing in Brian's prior record that would indicate something of this magnitude. Richard and Melissa were already bound in duct tape, and at some point Chandra as well as 11-year-old Tariq Robinson and 9-year-old William Robinson, Chandra's two nephews, had arrived home and were also held at gunpoint and then bound in duct tape. At some point, another four children, including Brian Sweat's baby daughter, Chandra's older child, and two neighborhood kids who had come over to hang out with the Robinson boys had also arrived at the home to find Brian distraught and toting a gun. But for some unknown reason, they were let go. Then Brian began, in an unknown order, to execute those who he had tied with duct tape. At some point while Brian was carrying out this ultimate evil annihilation, Brian called 911. Greenwood 911, may I help you? Oh, yes. I need an officer at a 2007 Callison Highway. What's wrong? Oh, I'm just stressed out, and I'm about to take my life. Uh, I mean, uh, What's your name? It's, it's unknown. Okay, do you have a weapon with you? Huh? Do you have a weapon with you? Yes. What do you have, sir? A forty-four. Get in there. What's going on? Police arrived shortly after and made several unanswered attempts to contact anyone in the home, trying to avoid any possible bloodshed, as Brian had made it apparent in his 911 call that he was armed. But despite police effort to call into the home, Brian wouldn't answer. After an hour, SWAT was called in. They arrived and assembled in their protective gear and promptly busted in the door, guns raised. But it was already far too late. It is unknown when the murders took place exactly and in what order, but inside the home, police found six people dead from gunshot wounds. In one room, Richard and Melissa Fields, Chandra's parents. In another room, the young boys Tariq and William Robinson. And in the den, SWAT found Chandra Fields as well as Brian Sweat dead. Before this mass murder and suicide, Brian Sweats had made a series of clearly frustrated and in 2020 hindsight disturbing Facebook posts. In one post, Brian wrote, You ain't gotta talk about somebody behind their back. The hell with all of you that want to use somebody and talk about them. You ain't got nothing better to do than sit there and talk. In another post, Brian expressed his anxieties and fears over his upcoming court date and the possibility of 30 plus years in jail. In another revealing Facebook post, Brian wrote, What the hell is going on? It's all over Facebook. My girl cheated on me with a sex offender, a pervert. What the hell's going on? And in a final Facebook post, Brian wrote, Why does everything gotta be about you? 
Why can't it be about the kids for a change? You don't care and never have. You never wanted her to know me. Police believe the motive was Brian's feelings that Chandra wasn't allowing him to spend time with his daughter. But one murder is a huge step, let alone a mass murder. What exactly did it take for the pin to be pulled and a person like Brian to just explode? Was it the custody battle? Was it the upcoming court date? Was it some twisted paternal instinct to keep his daughter away from alleged sex offender? Or was it perhaps a thousand little cuts that pushed a man with an already skewed sense of morality over the edge? Why had Brian not only murdered Chandra, but annihilated as much of her family as he could? The only person who can answer that question is already dead. That's it for this episode of 911 Calls with Cole. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned something. I hope you never find yourself in Chandra's position. I hope you never find yourself at Brian's end of the gun either. I would also like to take a second to thank our Patreon members. Coley Kelly, Jennifer Winchester, Liz Weavers, Ali Wickerson, Jamie Lucero, Don Weavers, Kirsty Gare, and Joseph Armandariz. Your support is extremely generous and always appreciated. Thank you. Have some feedback? Feel free to tweet at me at Tales by Cole or by visiting our Facebook group by searching Tales by Cole Podcast Discussion Group. Thanks for tuning in. Good night. Stay healthy. Stay safe. And don't forget to lock the doors. <laughs>